Hello and welcome to the Building City Shaping Lives podcast, where we talk about how architecture, engineering and managed services are shaping the world that we live in. This podcast is brought to you by the Sabana Jurong Group. I'm your host, Daniel Lee, and I'm working with the SJ Group Communications and Branding Team. See, Singapore has been shaped immensely by land reclamation. With one of the highest population densities in the world, we have had to turn to our coals to create more space to live, work and play. But we have also lost important coastal ecosystems and part of our cultural heritage that now only exists in museums. In our studio today is James Lam, who leads the coastal engineering team at Sabana Jurong. He's working on protecting coastlines and communities from the impacts of climate change and rising sea levels. And he's worked on immense coastal projects around the world that have created more space for all of us to thrive. Welcome to the studio, James. Good afternoon. Thank you, Daniel, for the introduction. Actually, I wanted to start to yeah. understand a bit more about your story as well. So thanks a lot for joining us today. Sure. What made you decide to make protecting coastlines your passion at work? Well, it all started in the, um, my, my passion for sea sports. I've always loved the sea. In my uni days, I, I took up coastal engineering. That's a very unique and very specialized field. And I thought, yeah, why not? You know, a few of us could enjoy, you know, Studying this uh, at the same time, you know, uh, be able to look out at the sea. So, so that that's that's how I started and then got into this uh, specialized field. And since then, I've been working on reclamation, coastal protection, and coastal infrastructure works. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned that you used to really enjoy water sports and the yeah. sea. How has the sea in Singapore changed? You know, since your uni days and today. Well, definitely our land mass has increased. Yeah. And the way we have been doing coastal engineering works um, through the years, I must definitely say uh, the emphasis on environment is uh, getting more and more. I mean, we, we in the past, um, when we first uh, do reclamation, the emphasis is just uh, creating a piece of land. However, since then, definitely it must be balanced by looking out at the environment and ensuring that the, the, the biodiversity, the ecological sustainability is well maintained and not simply by just creating more land. Yeah. So the, the needs of uh, national development against the ecological balance, that, that is uh, being viewed very seriously nowadays. Yeah. Well, that, so it's really fundamentally different, yeah. the approach. It's not just land for the sake of land, but how do we balance the ecosystem? Exactly, yeah. So what are actually some lessons that, you know, maybe Singapore has learned from other parts of the world or that maybe we are exporting in, in a sense, you know, to other parts of the world when we do coastal engineering with them? Well, definitely we have learned from other parts of the world when it comes to environmental impact assessment. We have uh, brought in international best standards when we look at this thing, what we call uh, environmental management and, pro- management and uh, monitoring uh, plan. If we need to, we have to slow down the works or, or push it back so that it does not continue to, to, to harm the environment. So that's, that's uh, international best practice that we actually picked up. Yeah, and it is now used for all reclamation projects. Wow. So yeah. really making sure that we consider all the potential outcomes, ramifications, risks before we go in. Yes. And because we do reclamations in, in, in such a large scale in Singapore, mm. We are also exporting the, the techniques, how we do the reclamation, how we make use of uh, reuse materials excavated from 
other land projects or, or marine excavation projects and how do we uh, reuse them back into into the reclamation as a field material. So this kind of circular construction is also something that we are going out and uh, exporting this uh, technology. Imagine you know building a new shoreline mm. involves immense amount of material. So mm. what were the, some of the materials that were used in the past and versus what are some of the materials that are now being used today and in the future? How has the kind of materials we use evolved? Hey, right at the Right in the 70s, when we, when we first do reclamation, I think mm. that was uh, when I was still a little baby. Uh, <laughs> but, but Singapore Singapore has done this uh, right in, uh, way back. And they did that by doing a hill cut. Yes. So today, the marina south that uh, we are at, Gardens by the Bay, uh, that was done by cutting down hills in Bedok. And uh, when we depleted that, then a lot of then sea sand was used, a lot of sea sand was mined and then brought in by large trailer hopper dredges and that was used for reclamation uh, right in the 80s and maybe 90s. From then on, uh, I think a lot of uh, reclamation was used after we test baited the use of dredge material, lumpy clays that is uh, dredged from the seabed is being reused as a reclamation field. So since then, we haven't looked back. All reclamation now uses a lot of uh, excavator or dredge material from the industry. What are some of the major um, challenges when it comes to those early reclamation projects versus today? So were there any, um, or at least based on your awareness, were there any people who were a bit worried about maybe setting up homes or buying a flat or apartment, uh, their own personal apartments on a reclaimed piece of land? Was there any of this fear that had to be addressed? Definitely, the in terms of engineering, that is taken care of. Yeah. So, in the past, uh, reclamation was done way ahead, uh, way ahead of demand. So, the land was allowed to settle, yeah, on its own. But nowadays, reclamation we um, is needed for demand that is um, almost immediate when we complete the project. So, settlement is actually being accelerated as we construct the land. So, there are techniques that we do improvement works that we call it using various engineering techniques to accelerate this settlement yeah. so i think for those of us who may not be too familiar with that concept what's mm. settlement or how does that work oh when it comes to it? so so uh, as i was saying a lot of uh, reclamation nowadays is using excavator materials from tunneling from clays that dredge from the seabed so these are materials that's actually very soft and soft materials like clay clay is almost like a plasticine yeah so it's, it's soft because there is a lot of moisture that's trapped within all the soil particles. So in order for it to stabilize, so we have to extract the water that is uh, trapped within the soil particles. So we do that by exerting very high pressure. So the pressure is uh, exerted by you know, either stacking on top of it, you know, more, more soil so that you exert the pressure. And as you exert the pressure, we actually insert um, what we call a prefabricated vertical drain. So these drain are plastic uh, band drains, which allows water to permeate through, and the water will then flow up to the top of the ground. And with that, the ground will will, will then settle. And as it settles, actually the, the ground will be stronger and stabilized. Yeah. We have been looking at the... Um, 
various aspects of uh, what we call the eco shoreline. So there are elements that you can put in to encourage the, the nature to come back. So um, if you put rocks uh, as a shore protection, there are crevices in between. Um, the fish will like to you know, hide in such crevices. You can look at replanting of corals if the marine conditions are, allows for it. can even look at uh, enhancing or allow mangrove to grow. So those are things that um, we have been looking at. And then the, what you do is that you mimic the natural environment where such e ecological system thrives. And the nature will take care of itself after that. Yeah. That's amazing. So yeah. you end up with fundamentally, um, how do I put it, it allows you to recapture what might have been lost in the reclamation process as well. Yes, yes. And in, in quite a number of this reclamation that's done mm. in Singapore where there is direct impact, some of the corals are actually transplanted. So some of them are transplanted to Sisters Island. The more valuable uh, species are actually moved. So that's also something that the authorities take takes care to ensure that the, there's uh, no major loss in the uh, ecological systems. So what are some things that you know your team at Coastal Engineering is doing when it comes to some of these sea defenses? Because the thought that comes to my mind are you know these very dams, for example, or dikes and things like that. But is that it, or are there other more natural-looking approaches to this? Mm. Some people have been asking me, so are we going to build a seawall all around Singapore? <laughs> you know, so first of all, where land is high, there's actually no need to build a seawall, right? So. Where land is low, then you have to look at the sea defense. The sea defense may not naturally be a new structure that is like a wall. If there's a coastal road, you can simply raise the coastal road. You don't really need to always put in a wall. Mm. You can put in artificial islands outside to protect it. You can also look at the hybrid where you know you have a wall and you have other ecological systems like maybe mangrove in front of it to break the waves and you have a seawall to prevent the um, rising sea from coming in. So you can have hybrid structures as well. Yeah. So it's really the idea of not just creating a wall for the sake of a wall, but how we can reuse the wall in other ways as a road, as an island. Yes, yes. And um, most importantly, if you can find a multifunction to it, yeah, then, then you, are, you are making best use of this new feature. It's amazing. So I can yeah. imagine these turning into cycling paths, extended parkways for people. Yes, yes. That's yeah. amazing. And I think for me, the another major thing behind this is that is you know, coastal protection, something that's only available for, I mean, quite the rich, but for more affluent countries, for example. So if, if this is something that works in you know Singapore, for example, where the GDP per capita is very high, but would this same system or would the same methods work for uh, poorer countries that you know, might be still struggling with the basic infrastructure of their economies? And if these same countries are at risk of the impacts of climate change, can these same techniques be applied? What's important is every project or every sea defence that we are looking at, we're looking at adaptations. How do you adapt to a rising sea and at the same time look at how does the site situation allows for it, or the society or the or the community at that particular spot allows for it? So strategies for adaptation can be retreat, 
if you have a vast tract of land, you can actually retreat. You can actually move the community backwards. So there's, it, unlike Singapore, we, we don't really have land to retreat. We are so so small in, in our land size, so we, we can't retreat. So we actually have to aggressively defend. You can also be aggressive in attacking, meaning that you can put a structure in front and create more land. There are various ways to address this, and then you, you really have to be very specific. Thanks so much for that, James. All right. So with that, uh, thank you for listening to Building Cities, Shaping Lives, a podcast by the Sabana Jurong Group, where we talk about how architecture, engineering, and managed services are shaping the world that we live in. I'm Daniel Lee, a communicator supporting the SJ Group. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platforms, and please consider leaving us a review to help make our future episodes better. That's all for today. See you next time.